Jump City. That's not a city. That's where you start. That's the city you start in, in a video game where you run sideways and use power-ups. I haven't seen a script, but I've no doubt. If it isn't up to par, they'll chuck it out. Ooh, la, 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 la. All my actor friends are cracking wise, but I can see the envy in their eyes. Well, this program is the the first one. It's uh, Oracle is a program. Like she doesn't. What? She doesn't have a human. Body. I've never watched this movie as an adult, so I probably would get that a lot more. She yeah, she doesn't exist in because she's the human in the world. Matrix. She though. exists within the Matrix. Because she's a program. Oh my god! I thought she was just magical. I thought she was just That's a fairy. That's how she can tell the future. because she's literally created by the Matrix. Oh my god! Is there like Adobe? Photoshop? Is there like, we're going to go visit Adobe Reader. we got to get these PDFs converted. Yeah, that's that's actually what the second Matrix movie is <laughs> about. That would make a great, like, MacGuffin. we got to convert these PDFs. <laughs> Nobody knows how to do that. we got to go to the reader. Neo, you are the only one who can unzip the zip file. He's just got like these physical file folders he's carrying around, all these papers. You're the only one who can read this obscure format. Oh my God. When he gets there, he's just standing and holding one file folder and the other, the program is standing holding another file folder and a paper is flying like the wind into the other one. Boop. Oh, yeah. Like the old icon on yeah. Windows that was like, it's loading now. Mm-hmm. These files are going into this other file folder. God, I think of such good movies, yeah. such good visuals for I mean, movies. We I need to become a director. Welcome to Fan Fiction Writer's Room. I'm your editing manager, Spencer Suarez. And I'm your managing editor, Liz Cernick. Here on Fan Fiction Writer's Room, we take characters submitted by you, the listener, and weave them into a masterpiece in the way all great stories were meant to be told by amateurs on the internet. If you'd like to suggest characters for us, send them over to ffwrshow at gmail.com. Have you seen Toy Story? Or Twitter? Oh, yeah. It mostly seems to be Twitter. Twitter, yeah. Most people submit on Twitter. I, If you don't have Twitter, you can email us. But yeah, send them to Twitter, ffwrshow on Twitter. Have you seen Toy Story 4 yet? I haven't. I need to rewatch Toy Story 3, and then I can watch Toy Story 4, because I don't remember Okay. Well, I, wanna... I know there's no like continuity heavy stuff, but sure. still, I want to be like in, is... the, in the zone, I in mean, the mood. You know, I want to get back into that like, world. The toys are now with a different kid. Yeah, so that's like a, a big a, uh, a flow, stuff. big yeah. change. You'd be like, "What happened to Andy?" Yeah, apparently, like Bo Peep is back, and it's like Where'd Bo, Bo Peep was gone. Yeah, okay. yeah, I vaguely remember that. Okay, so I want to discuss the world. Of Toy Story and how it works. No, wait, so you've seen Toy Story 4 I've seen it. It's very good. I would highly, everyone, what I really liked about it is it was a super solid movie in the way that many Pixar movies are. Like, Mm -hmm. they're they're very tight screenplays. But it doesn't retrace any steps from Toy Story 1, 2, or 3. Toy Story 3 is very much a remake of Toy Story 2 in that uh, the the toys meet a bunch of new characters. The One of them is like this big, gruff, old-timey guy and then turns out to be the evil mastermind who's kind of trying to keep them there and yeah, is right, gaslighting right. them into, oh, you should stay with us and don't go back to Andy. And then it's like, that guy's a jerk. You should go back to Andy we know the truth now. We have to use our skills to get out of here. And like Toy Story 1 is a very different movie than 2 or 3. But even like Toy Story 2 and 3 do a thing where they don't know what to do with Buzz Lightyear now. That yeah, exactly. Buzz Lightyear. His arc is finished. Buzz Lightyear has figured out, oh, I'm not a toy. Yeah. Or I, oh, am I am a toy. I am a toy. So what do we do with them now? So in the second one, they introduced another Buzz that didn't know he was a toy, and that was their solution. And in Toy Story 3, they reset him so that he's Spanish Buzz. So 
that's how they were like, okay, uh, Buzz Lightyear, he's always got to be something else. He can't be just Buzz Lightyear. Toy Story 4, they figure out what to do with him. It's oh, not like... Oh, finally. It's not like perfect. Yeah. And he's very much a side character in this one. It's it's Woody's story, which I really liked. It, it was a story about Woody, him learning to let go, which yeah. was uh, really nice. And it, it felt like the next episode in like the Toy Story series, which is which it is. But so often with movies, it, movies don't feel like they're the next chapter in the story. They feel like, hey, remember that first thing? Let's do that again. It's like we have to hit all the same beats instead of just taking these characters and seeing how they evolve at this point in their life. Do you think Toy Story will ever do the thing where they get rid of the numbers and it's just Toy Story, the toys beyond time, well, or whatever? Honestly, my feelings while leaving this film were I want Toy Story to become an anthology series where it's not about Woody or Buzz, it's just about toys. It it feels like a no-brainer, but for marketing, I'm sure there's other considerations. With Toy Story 1, where all of the side characters were not really characters. They were yeah, all like exactly. quick one-off gags where, mm-hmm. you know, Plus, so Hey, I'm Picasso! Them. Yeah. You uncultured swine! <laughs> Plus, so I'm many Woody. of them were howdy, howdy, howdy. specifically uh, trying to be toys that were real that would remind yeah, you exactly. of your actual childhood. Remember Slinky Dog. Remember Mr. Potato Head. Yeah, Remember yeah. Uh, Not necessarily Slinky Dog, but like a Slinky, an extra sketch. It's doing the same thing that like Wrecked Ralph did by putting Bowser in it. Have you ever sat and in like the dark in the evening and you're swirling your scotch and you're sitting in front of the window and you're just like, God, Ralph breaks the internet was fucking awful. Do you ever have that? I moment of just like gloom, sadness. Do you like the first record, Ralph? It's okay. I like. I would say I like it. Yeah, I it's also like favorite, it. it I, it's I like not my it. favorite, but I do really mm-hmm. like it for what it is. Yeah, exactly. I only have. Like I was, it's like I was. It's like I was allowing myself to just be optimistic, and I was like, "Oh yeah, that was fine." This with the second one. Yeah, that was fine. It was cute. I was like looking on the bright side. And then it was like I suddenly allowed myself to be like, no, wait a second. That was freaking awful. It's already aged. It's it's one of those things where there, there was someone on the team who was like, let's tell a story about Ralph learning to let go of Vanellope. And it was like, that's awesome. Like, yeah, that's such a good idea. Like Vanellope moves on and Wreck-It Ralph has to like learn to be okay with that. And, like, they're still friends, but she's, like, off doing this other thing. And it's, like, that's actually, like, a great idea. And then there was someone else in the room who was, like, hey, we should have Ralph do YouTube stuff. Yeah, and then someone else barged into the meeting room, waving a piece of paper around that was, like, we did it! We did it! We got the YouTube uh, subscription or whatever. Yeah. We, Fucking- YouTube has given us $2 billion. Yeah, yeah. We got the YouTube product placement! We got it! And everyone goes, yes, YouTube the movie. And then the Disney was like, we, the Disney. Listen, also, and then Disney, then Mickey Disney, Mouse. Yeah, Mickey Mouse climbed down from the rafters. You, you hear cackling and then, he, and then he crawls out of the shadows down the, down the wall. Yeah. And he goes. His head turns 90 degrees. Yeah, and he goes, we really need to promote Disney.com. The, the brand. brand. The brand needs, we need to work on the brand. The brand. So we have this scene where Vanellope, her entire, everything she's ever known is going to be unplugged and destroyed. They're going to unplug her machine because her, the wheel broke on the, on the driving system. So that's why they go to the internet so they can buy a new thing from eBay and it costs like $60,000. And so they have to make $60,000. So Ralph is doing that. That's why he does all the funny YouTube gags is because he's trying to make all this money as quickly as possible. And Vanellope is given the task of like, go advertise, go go post these this video everywhere online. And she goes to Disney.com to advertise there. And there she stops doing the very important job she has of trying to save not only herself, but her entire kingdom, which she is 
royalty. Right. She's the ruler of or whatever. And she decides to go hang out and do a, a pajama party, party with-, with Jasmine and, and Rapunzel. It should have been like a, guys, I need your help to yeah. like save my so- kingdom. Instead, they're all just like referencing Basically, it was just like, hey, let's, we're in on the joke. Let's make sure there's a lot of commercial stingers. Yeah. And who cares what it fits into the plot or not? It's the BuzzFeed feminism. Yeah. Of uh, feminism is just a checklist that you have to make for your movie. It's not a, <laughs> a school of thought. Yeah. It's not there's a no mood. There's no. It's, there's no uh, level of gray or there's no context. It's just yeah. you have to make sure that. Uh, you pass the Bechdel test, and you... Um, and that the women specifically reference passing the Bechdel test, yes. and also that they say they don't need no man. Every single one of them has to say, I don't need no man You know who says, I don't need no man? Who? Jasmine in Aladdin. Yeah, multiple Like the whole times. time, the whole movie. I watched Jurassic Park again the other day. Fantastic film. There's the scene where Laura Dern is like, all right, I'm going to go out there and fight some velociraptors. And the guy's like, all right, you got to go here and then do this and do this and then do this. And she's like, great, I got it. And he's like, wait a second, I should go because I'm a ma-ma-ma. And she's like, we can talk about sexism when I'm back. Lampshading your movie doesn't mean you're smarter than, <laughs> than, than the movie. The movie. Yeah. You're still doing the thing you're making fun of. And then there's the bit where Ralph becomes a virus and like literally breaks the internet. So by it's like there are three movies in this movie. Yeah. There is like genuinely kind of an interesting emotional story about deciding to let go of this friend that you are codependent with. Like genuinely, that is a good story. Mm -hmm. There is we need to advertise five different brands and then 10 other brands less. These brands, like, they paid for minutes of this movie. Yeah. So we need to spend some time on them. And then these ones, we have to show in the background. And then there's this eldritch horror where Ralph, the main character, becomes a virus and attacks the internet and they all fuse into one Akira monster and like, (laughs) Ralph. I don't think any part of that movie is visually straightforward. All of it is abstract concepts and ephemeral ideas and all of the things that they're doing require previous knowledge of some sort of thing to either be in on the joke or even just to understand what's happening at all. You need to understand what a computer virus is You need to know what YouTube is. You need to understand the difference between being online and offline. You need to know what Wi-Fi is. I barely fucking understand what Wi-Fi is. The the very ephemeral, non-physical quality that is the internet. We live in the age of the franchise, unfortunately, where you get points in your movie for referencing the old movies, where all you have to do to score nerd points is go... Uh, we can't ride in that airplane. Uh, that that ship, that ship's a hunk of junk. The the ship they were going for blows up. Millennium Falcon. Da, 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 da. And you go, oh my God, I love the Millennium Falcon. Just like the other movies. Just movie. like the Star Wars. And if you don't know what that is, you're at like- at least that's like uh, a physical ship they're running towards to get in. Sure. It's, like, it's not like they're going to- They I don't, don't know, stop the plot the, to, yeah, to oh do it. God. It's so It's so abstract. Ralph breaks the internet. Everything about it is abstract. It is watching a Shakespearean play without understanding anything about Greek mythology or ancient history. Yeah. And with less puns. (laughs) More product placement. Yeah. Uh, Remember when there was a really, like, sad scene in it? And Ralph was, like, so sad that people were being mean to him in the comments? Uh, And it was, like really played up like comments are terrible yeah don't read the comments and yet ralph is like not a human being he's a fuck like if people were being mean to hatsune miku and it's like we should take this (laughs) personally ralph is not real his virus his viral videos 
He's a literal construct. Like, they're being mean to Ralph specifically. Like, he's a... If we were all being mean to Bowser, and it was like, we should really think about Bowser, the Nintendo character's feelings, kids. Because brands are basically people, and you should think about their feelings. And if you don't buy the next Nintendo game... If you don't buy the next Pokemon game, you'll actually make the real-life Pikachu sad. He will cry. They actually live. They live in your game console. They are alive forever, and you feel sad. But the reasons to care about Ralph, Wreck-It Ralph's feelings online in their universe where he's a computer character, a video game character, those are very bad lessons to teach. So I wanted to talk about the Toy Story lore. Yeah, the lore story. Toy story. In this film, the new girl who isn't Andy, the the new girl that... Oh, the new owner. The the new owner, the new human, makes a toy at school. Forky. Forky. And he comes alive, and then he's now one of the main players of this film. We knew that Forky was not alive when he was a spork... Some Google eyes at the dentist office. Uh, Tongue depressor. depressor. And pipe cleaner. Pipe cleaner. Those things weren't alive. And here's your tiny little spoiler. Mm -hmm. Forky constantly references, I'm not toy. I'm not a toy. I want to be in the trash. I'm trash. I put me in the trash. So he knows he's trash. He under has an understanding of the physical pieces he was before, before he was given life. Right. By a child's love? That is my question. Is it the child's love that brings this toy to life? Because if we remember in Toy Story 2, the Buzz Lightyear that thought he was a toy was a toy at a store. Did not have a child's love yet. Was still a product on a shelf. But still came alive. So does Woody understand that he's made out of, like, does he remember the time he was plastic and, and, and felt? And does he remember that? Does he have a, 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 a... Like an instinctual past life. Did he have a period where he had to accept that he wasn't all these different materials and is now a Woody? And when did he decide that he needed a child's love? I'm assuming that's instinct, but with Buzz Lightyear, it wasn't. But it was. But as it well. was because he would he turn. Always he would far. He would freeze. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're also immortal. We can, or like not totally immortal, because they definitely fear they can be death. Incinerated. Yeah. Incinerated. Yeah. They, 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 they're like elves in Lord of the Rings, where they can't die of old age. Yeah. But they can be killed. Right. They, they fear like. Or is it that toys? Is it that toys are mostly scared of like immobility because they know they'll be they'll be cursed to a half life as ash in a in a fireplace? No, because the neighbor kid in Toy Story One burns Woody. He screams and then dunks his head in the milk. Hmm. So he must feel pain or at least the terror of being on fire. But he wasn't on fire. He was just burning a little bit. But is it the fact that he knows he's this immortal being trapped within this physical body? And so he has to protect that body at all costs. Is it? Is it the... Now we get into a really interesting discussion of the soul. Yeah. And the, and the toys that Sid made, was it was the personality of the resulting toy fully dependent on what head was there? What if there wasn't a head yeah. at all? What if it was just an arm on top of a spider body made out of connects legs, like mm-hmm. the baby head? The idea that we are just this... this Soul trapped in a body. Yeah. Is, is, that, that, that these toys literally are just the sum of their parts. I, they are not greater than their whole. I think I think Forky proves that any of the neighbor kids' creations are new beings. New beings. They're not actually they that probably, baby. They probably they have some sense memory of being the baby because Forky has the sense memory of being trash. But they are now this new thing. But baby head spider is a fully realized fully new personality, realized personality baby with, spider. with hopes and dreams huh. and wants and desires, just like what you and I. What does this have to say about, like, the toy modding community that, like, makes bespoke Barbies or whatnot? It means that they are... They're uh, monsters. 
Are they? Yes. <laughs> they're, they're Frankensteinian. They Victor Frankenstein. Victor Frankenstein over here yeah. playing God. I also want to bring up the fact that your problems with Toy Story. Could you you explain your your anxiety around the Toy Story franchise? Yes. Yeah. Uh, uh, so the idea that toys have a life and a personality separate from what a kid imagines for them is anxiety inducing for me because of clutter being very anxiety inducing for me. It says material things are worth a lot. Your anxiety about throwing out that terrible diseased one-legged bear that you don't even like anymore but you feel guilty about throwing it away you should like hold on to that guilt and feel it deeply because that means you're a good person i think a lot about pixar as a post george lucas post spielberg filmmakers they grew up in the age of star wars and jaws and those movies were as important to them as Disney movies were, like the as far as like inspiring them to become animators. That means they also grew up in the age of Star Wars toys, of He-Man toys, of Transform. Like that's when Reaganomics happened, where where all of a sudden we could sell these products as this isn't just a toy. This has a life. This has a life beyond this transforming robot goes on adventures where it fights evil and and lives in this universe in the television. And they then went on to create that as a franchise. It's the perfect franchise, really. It's the Bible for consumerism. (laughs) The material things are good and wholesome. And the marketing and toys is is kind of, is seamless. Yes. Woody is Woody. He doesn't think of himself as a different being. He doesn't think of himself separate from the label he was given. In this movie, they reference Woody's factory. He meets a different toy who suspects that maybe they were built in the same factory. Oh, like same physical location. Do you remember what factory you were made in? What? God, do all of the toys? They gain sentience as soon as they're physically built. Does everything in this fucking universe have sentience? I suppose Rocks? so. If Forky's alive and remembers being trash, then yes. God. Everything has sentience. So Toy Story actually takes place in like a bizarre limbo hell dimension. Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. My th- All my fan theories were correct. So just like Andy and the other human girl, like, do they have also sense memory of bones and ash and muscle and like their mother's womb? But they just don't re- quite realize it. But they do live like a bizarre half-life of knowledge of their physical form. Not only do they remember their mother's womb, they remember being the sperm and the egg. The oh my God, they remember that created the sperm and the egg. They all have of the physical properties. Tiny memory of stardust traversing the universe and so they always have this i am too small this this regret liz that my life is constrained liz yes hold my hand oh my god do you want to start a cult with me a toy story cult ask i think we should start a toy story cult okay good it's called materialism I mean, yeah, I guess the the problem is that this cult already exists. But it's not about consumerism. It's about like physical, like rocks and tree and people have a life, have a spirit, have a name. But like in a bad way. (laughs) (laughs) You know that thing that like made Pocahontas really happy? Yeah, but like in a bad way. Super bad. The last thing I want to talk about with Toy Story. Do toys fuck? Because... Many of these toys have pair bonded. Yeah. Jesse and Buzz have a thing. And it's kind of pointless for them, right? There's no reproduction. What what physical, instinctual, animal instincts are they Bo reacting Peep to? And Woody have a thing. In Toy Story 3, Rex got that girl dinosaur. <laughs> right. And it's like Were they ever a thing though? I thought they was just another dinosaur. Well, earlier in the movie, he's like Please be a girl dinosaur. Please be a girl dinosaur when when Andy's getting a new toy or something. Or he references earlier on that he wants to fuck. That he Mm, wants someone to relate to that is feminine. Mm -hmm. 
So clearly they pair bond, which is fine. I'm okay with this idea that they want to connect with another being at a level that is higher than just friendship. But it's interesting how, especially with Rex referencing it, saying, I want a girl dinosaur. Yeah. Therefore. That all the toys are heterosexual. Heterosexual. But also gendered. Like an Etch-A-Sketch. Before that, I just assumed like, if they're all pair bonded, like he would have pair bonded with with Ham. Like yeah, him and yeah. Ham are best friends. They love each other. What's like, super weird about about the everyone has a girlfriend thing is they seem to have this very specific toy centric model of community. The kids' toys. This is my family. You know, mm-hmm. like this is my monkey group or whatever. That's their nuclear family. You know, not to keep spoiling Toy Story Four. But one of the conflicts is that Woody keeps trying to take charge of this new family because he was the leader at the old house. But the new girl has the Woody of her group who's in charge. And so Woody keeps going like, well, let's do this, gang. And she's like, Woody, I've got this. I've got a plan. chill. Chill out. So even just like his found family has now added more... He's trying to adjust to this new family and it's not quite working out as well as he'd hoped. The idea of toys as a community, like that they have this this tribal instinct. And it's also super weird because they're immortal and they always remain toys and they always remain with this like toy instinct. But like a, a gorilla in its family or whatever, it's the youth and then it's the adolescent and then, oh, I made it. I'm the silverback and now I'm the old, old silverback and then I'm dead. What if there was no dead? What if there was, oh, I'm the silverback. I'm the, I'm the youth again. Okay, here I am. Oh, I'm the, I'm the mom now. What the hell? Okay, I guess I'm, it just bounces around wherever you seem to fit in. Because of how this family dynamic works, how yeah. the, the, the work structure, their office structure uh-huh. of like Woody in charge and then like, who you are can just change at a moment's notice and all of a sudden he joins a new family and he's not in charge anymore yeah so he has to be the mother or the the just fit in where where it's where, needed where or you whatnot. yeah now he's he's more like the elder toy who tells the the young toy yeah like, right and then he turns out to be evil and mm-hmm. you have to stay with us you exactly. can't go back to andy that would be great if they if they teased like at the end where they were like Old you're becoming some sort of you you're reminding some sort me of stinky fella. Well, I never in my di- oh my god, what's happening to my voice? And then he changes his hat out for stinky Pete's hat. Not only are the toys alive, but they want you. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They Love worship. It. It's even more insidious, I guess, in the Brave Little Toaster universe, where like yeah. the, the toaster's like. This is my master. Uh-huh. I am the slave to the master that is a baby who can't think for themselves, who's just an idiot, and I am to make toast for them. At least the masters, the humans in, in a Brave Little Toaster style universe, it's acknowledged that it's an ambiguous relationship for them. Whereas with Toy Story, you are deemed to be a benevolent god you have a responsibility it is a responsibility to these physical toys that you bought that your mom bought you from the store and they have a responsibility to you the whole deal is andy would have wanted this what about andy what about i I can't remember the new girl's name she's adorable it's probably sarah we need to we need to help raise them yeah right (laughs) like you're their parent (laughs) oh man it always confused me when the first Toy Story came out because there was actual toys that you could buy. And I don't know why that confused me so much. Because I thought it was a pre-existing franchise then. I thought these were real toys. I mean, some of them were. And there was just like Woody and Buzz, though. I thought maybe yeah. they were real toys, but they weren't really. It was so ephemeral for me. I just The idea that like Slinky so... Dog was a real toy, that Mr. Potato Head was a real toy. Exactly. And that Woody wasn't. But is, they were pretending is, he was, but it wasn't, but it is. It references it our world, but it's and, not. Yeah. Just being a nervous kid and a visual learner and a tactile learner, I had to learn what so- the difference between software and hardware as a teen. And I grew up with computers. And I yeah. still it still just needs to be explained to me all the time. And still to this day, the very idea of software as being this thing that really does exist... And you buy it, and you use it, and it's real. But it doesn't physically exist anywhere. It makes my stomach churn. 
And so the idea of like characters that are real but aren't real and they're toys but they're not toys. Rules of the universe are breaking. Ab- yeah, you abstractness. Are seeing, you are seeing the cat deja vu like in the Matrix. Yeah, and I don't care for it at no. all. Because the like agents having, have changed something. Like having terra firma under my feet. Mm-hmm. Like knowing where I stand. And movies are fictional. And toys are fake. And you can buy, and parents buy multiple toys of their one kid's beloved stuffed animal. Your parents might have done it too. And when the kid loses it, because kids lose everything, they just replace it. Wow, your parents were way smarter than my parents. My, my parents, I don't know if my parents were smart enough to do that because I physically lost things all the time and then just dealt with the consequences and didn't have those things. It's only reading uh, blogs and things and having friends who are parents now. And they're like, oh yeah, we got like three of those. That stuffed pig, I bought some extras. She loves it. In the blogger, YouTuber, People are more skilled at just about anything than they were like yeah. 20 years People ago. People got a lot of tips and tricks and they catch on and are very easily shareable now. So, you know. Do you want to take a little break? Sure. Uh, catch you in a minute on Fan Fiction Writers Room. The first episode is him basically... The sequel to the theme song. Like, he's like knocked arriving. on the door, and then he walks in, and he's like, Hey, Uncle what Fred, uh, boo-boo, you're fat. Uh, Uncle Phil. Phil, sorry. Uncle Phil, you're fat. You voice the shredder. Uh. <laughs> what? Uncle Phil voiced the shredder in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon. <gasps> yeah. Life, life is so magical. It is. I'm so happy right now. Rest in peace, Uncle Phil. Lo- oh, no, he died? Yeah, he died. Like, oh, God, you're, you're giving me so many Uncle Phil <laughs> feelings. Like, mind-blowing facts. Fresh Prince is one of those weird shows. It's like, they they did the sitcom thing where it was both funny and irreverent, but sometimes it was about feelings. There's the episode where where Will Smith's dad sh- shows up and, like, oh, is no. he's a jerk, and he's like, uh, yeah, we were going to go hang out, Will, but, like, you know, I got to go. Got to go get and, that pack of cigarettes from the convenience store. And Will's like, oh, yeah, that's cool, man. That's cool. Like, have a good day. Have a good, you know, have a good 20 years, man. <laughs> yeah. You know, Uncle Phil's there, and he's, Will, it's okay. Like, you know, you can let it out. He's like, oh, no, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. You know, I, I, he wasn't there when I learned to ride a bike. I, I learned to ride a bicycle by myself. He wasn't there when I when I went on my first date. He wasn't there when I went to prom. He wasn't there when I did this. Why would he be there now? Why doesn't he want me, man? And then, then he cried and we all cried. We all cried. And it's just like, oh, Will, you're going to be the most famous man. You can act. You can rap. You can act. You I mean, thank, thank God you can act. Because you can only kind of rap. Yeah, Let's true. all be real. Yeah, you can rap in the way that, like, if someone's dad invented what rap is, that would have been yes. Will Smith's yes. rap career. And I love it. I genuinely love Will Smith's raps a lot. Like, he's actually a great rapper. And ironically, I love all of the theme oh. songs to, like, Wild Wild West, oh, yeah. The Men in Black. I wish he still did it. I right? wish there was a Pursuit of Happiness rap that was like super serious Jay-Z style, has a hook that's that's from like Annie. Yep. And then some like really good voiced R&B female singer can oh, be yeah. like, The Pursuit of Happiness. Why didn't they lean into that for the Aladdin movie? Why wasn't Every yeah. one of Jeannie's songs a rap song. It's not like Robin Williams is a Broadway singer. He's basically sing-talking anyways. For Friend Like Me, they do the regular version that they, basically he just sings Robin Williams' version. And then they do like a credit version, which has DJ Khaled. And what? he's like rapping for real. Like Will Smith does like a full rap. And it's like, man, that should have been the movie whoa, you're a genie? And he's like, yeah, watch this. And he makes DJ Khaled appear. Fuck yeah. And he's like, now let's rap about some cool stuff. 
I'm Will Smith and I'm a genie. Oftentimes, Will Smith's raps were better than the movies. Men in Black 2, Wild Wild not West. That great. Does anyone remember that movie? No. We all know the song, oh, though. Oh, Wicca Wild, Wild We're West. in the Wild Wild West. Or, or Men in Black 2, nod your heads. The Backstreet's coming. Like, way better than Men in Black 2. Men in Black 2 blows. Backstreet's coming? Dope ass song. This week, we rolled Janet from The Good Place, sent in by Calvin Hamill. Hey. Uh, I choked again. Thank you, Calvin. Raven from Teen Titans, sent in by Sunny Chen. Thank you, Sunny. Solid Snake, sent in by Calvin Hamill. Oh, thank you, Calvin. Double, double Calvins. And Michelin Man, sent in by Riley, Jamin, and Emily. Thank you, RJB. Wait, Riley? R-J-E. Thank you, R-J-M-E. I don't know how to. Do you want to do it one more time? Thank you, R-J-E. There you go. And the tags we rolled this week are pining, coercion, and referenced character death. How about Raven from Teen Titans? Raven from Teen Titans, not from That So Raven? Not from That So Raven. From Teen Titans. Okay, I can work with that. Teen I'm, Titans Go? Regular Teen Titans. Um, Teen Titans Comics? I think we'll go with regular uh, Teen Titans, the TV show. In my mind, the canonical Teen Titans for a younger generation would be Teen Titans Go, Raven. Yeah. But this podcast isn't for 12-year-olds. Yeah. So for we, sure, for sure. We are going to use the TV show, the show version of Raven because that is uh, what people our age would think and of as Raven. the canonical aspects of the old Teen Titans TV show is actually pretty much exactly the same as Teen Titans Go. Sure. It's just the tone that's different. Yeah, exactly. A lot of those Which is what drove happened. me fucking up the wall about the old TV show. It's set up like a kid's Saturday morning cartoon, and yet we're supposed to take it like stone-faced seriously. They don't even have secret identities. They don't have lives, yeah. and yet we're like so serious. The, Ugh. the episode I always think of when I think of Teen Titans is this episode where bad guy is hypnotizing everyone because he wants Cyborg. And so now all of Cyborg's friends, all the Teen Titans, all of Teen Titans East are hypnotized. He's going to hypnotize Cyborg. And then Cyborg just like gives a speech about how he has strong willpower. And he then gets magic powers. And Oh. Like he double checked his character sheet and he was like, no, my con is like, like, like 18. He develops a magic aura around himself, which then lifts himself up from the bad guy's, like, brain grip on him. Like, the bad guy has some sort of telekinesis, is, like, gripping him with his telekinesis. Cyborg then apparently grows his own telekinesis, which he then uses to overpower the bad guy's telekinesis. Power of love. And then gives this speech about how I, you can't beat me because I'm stronger than you, and that's not what you had thought of. You didn't count my willpower. And then, like, beats him up. Beast Boy has some throwaway line about like, so are you magic now? And Cyborg's like, I think that was just a one-time thing. Wait, I'm supposed to take this seriously? When While they just, look directly in the camera and wink? They, they looks directly in the camera and says, sorry, the story writers couldn't have figured out how I got out of this one, so they gave me magic. <laughs> wink. It's never going to come up again. Yeah, we're not going <laughs> to explain this one, buddy. <laughs> and I'm not personally curious about how it worked either. It's a story about teen superheroes and they don't go to high school. Yeah. That's what being a teen is. I'm sorry, like, but that's know? what being a teen is. They don't get to wear cool teen clothes yeah. at any point. The the fashion could have been so fun. That was like one of the funnest parts of X-Men Evolution. They had so many fun teen clothes. Occasionally they would play with that conflict where like Cyborg is uncomfortable with his robot parts, right? Except like there's no reason for him to be because he never lives in the real fucking world with real live human beings. He doesn't have to go to the grocery store. It doesn't matter that he has a robot arm. He lives in superhero land continually. In their magical fortress of solitude? The only time they leave the house is when they're fighting evil. We don't see him going to the 
grocery store. We don't see him going to the DMV where people are like, Can you imagine? Like, I'm uncomfortable. I'm scared of this thing. Yeah, yeah. there's a reason for him to be angsty about this. Can you imagine if they lived in a house? If the Teen Titans lived in a house? That would be so good. And they live and they, they wore live in a house teen outfits. Parents. They wear teen outfits. Their house paid is for a by mess. Batman. And they had Batman. to pay rent to Bruce Wayne. Oh my God. The reason that they live by themselves and de- and Robin is doing his own thing is because him and Batman are fighting right now. And yeah. that's like a byline. That's like a through a storyline the whole time. He doesn't even say once to Batman, you're not my dad. Yeah. Come on. Come on. So Raven and Beast Boy are always at each other's throats because, like, Beast Boy doesn't do any chores. And then, like, Robin's kind of, like, the dad of the situation. But also, like, most of them don't take his dadness seriously, which infuriates him. Uh, But, like, also when push comes to shove, they do listen to his leadership. Basically, when it's serious, when they're fighting evil, they listen to him. But when it's fucking do the dishes, they they don't care. Uh, Starfire is this idiot who, like, not idiot, but, and you know, she doesn't so understand awkward. human concepts. And, like, it matters that she doesn't understand human concepts because she actually has to interact with humans yeah. that don't know she's an alien instead of just living in their superhero cave constantly. Yeah. There's so much potential. You know why Spider-Man's the best superhero? There's a couple mm-hmm. reasons, actually. Mm-hmm. And I don't even think he's my favorite, but he's the best one because he has to, A balance his work and his life. B, his powers are very structured. We understand what they are, what their limits are. He has to be creative. And then all of his villains also have very specific powers. So it's like, this guy turns into water. What is that going to do when he's fighting a man who can whip around buildings? That's like a really interesting puzzle that the readers are trying to figure out while also it is happening during the comic. Oftentimes he's a teenager and when he's an adult, he's not that much more mature than a teenager. He's just he's a guy trying to figure out his place in the world and he's also a superhero. Yeah. We were we were playing with this idea of them all living in a house. Let's do that. Let's yeah. make it a AU. Okay, they live in a house, but they do have to do superhero stuff. They they, are the Teen Titans. They are the Teen Titans, but they're living in an apartment, not an apartment, a house that they all share. It's like barely got enough bedrooms. It's, how many is there? There's six of them? Let's say five bedrooms. Let's say that- Cyborg and Beast Boy share a bedroom? Yeah, let's say Cyborg and Beast Boy share a bedroom. They all have to pay rent. So a lot of them Mm -hmm. are keeping jobs. So yeah, so, so Dick Grayson, Robin, is like- Screw you, old man. I'm going to be independent. And yet he's just living in a house that Bruce Wayne owns. Yeah. And he's paying rent to Bruce Wayne. Because, like, at this point in time, he's a rich kid. Yeah. And he he hasn't fully accepted that. He but, like, sure. this is him asserting independence. But he's, he's still just living that rich kid life. who he is you know? as a rich kid. And he really leans into the orphan thing. Yeah. He really leans into my parents were shot. Oh, uh, uh, I'm the independent. Yeah. I I rose and I earned this. Yeah. You know, not everyone was adopted by Bruce Wayne. I was the best orphan. <laughs> yeah. You know how many orphans get their parents murdered every day in Gotham City? You know how many of them get adopted by Batman? Not many. No, no. I was an acrobat as well. This is what Robin is saying. Tonight, they all they all got a boot, which is what we say in Canada when someone buys you booze. <laughs> they got a pull, Mister West Coast. I guess so. Uh, the prairies get a pull. Okay, well, we we call it a thing. I don't believe anywhere else they call which it is, something. Which is like an older brother who is over nineteen years old and can buy you booze. Is your pull in Saskatchewan and Alberta and Manitoba, I assume. And apparently in the West Coast, in, in good old BC, it's a boot. Robin had that outburst about how you you all don't... He's under- the best orphan. <laughs> I'm the best orphan. But he was really drunk. How I'm characterizing Robin is he is a very insecure teenager. Yeah. He has good knack for for not for so much organizing his life but for organizing combat because he's been training with ninjas on a mountain 
right? Yeah. So he understands. So that's why he's the leader. But he's also like very immature when it comes to say leading the household, mm-hmm. which everyone understands if they haven't vocalized. So so Robin's really drunk and is being a belligerent asshole tonight. Mm-hmm. He's trying to set up a chore wheel, and no one's having it. And Beast Boy says. Beast Boy, by the way, we should point out, is wearing very baggy pants and his underwear is showing. I just want more of their underwear to be showing. You can always see teen's underwear. He's not wearing a shirt. He's just so. Yeah, he's just wearing baggy pants. And his belly button, his his underwear is up to his belly button. (laughs) Yeah. Raven's like, can you put on a shirt, Beast Boy? I live here. I can take off my. I'm not. He's a little drunk. I can be a dog like 24-7 and not have to wear any clothes at all. No, see anyone complaining about that. Isn't that a weird thing to think about? Beast Boy turns into a dog. He's not wearing clothes. You can fully see his penis, right? You can just see a dog's penis. But is that his penis? Is it? Mmm, that's a very good question. Because, like... Because I guess it's like he's wearing a suit. Yeah. He's wearing a dog suit. Like, if you have the ability to physically change the stasis of your being into a different being, then that is not your, those aren't your arms. That is the bear's arms that you've transformed into. Those yeah, are I suppose so. The, I suppose it's like a costume. Yeah. Anyway, it's weird that he's naked a lot. <laughs> it is weird that he's naked a lot. And he can transform with his clothes though, right? I imagine only his superhero costume. Probably his baggy oh, pants are still staying on. That's interesting. And so if he's not wearing his superhero costume, transforms, transforms back. Uh-oh, I'm naked. He usually wears like a handkerchief around his neck so he can tie it around his waist if he ends up naked. Oh, that's really cute. Because mm-hmm. he'd be like a dog with a handkerchief or like yeah. a rhino with a handkerchief. Right? Uh, Beast Boy, Robin, and Starfire are all lightweight. Um, oh, so they're very drunk. They're all very drunk. And so Cyborg and Raven are ha- have to be the adults tonight, taking care of their friends. Starfire is already throwing up. I feel like something would affect Starfire in a bizarre way with alcohol. Like she brought her Crondolian ale and was like, this is the good stuff. But it makes human beings like hallucinate or something. Okay, yeah. or, or alcohol makes her like turn like glow or something, okay. turn purple. She is leaking. Oh my God. Yes. The orange in her skin is very pale and there's orange all over the floor. (laughs) Basically, that orange, that the melanin, whatever it is, actually leaves her body when she's drunk. The glowingness in her eyes Mm -hmm. is like falling out of her face like tears. And then it's just like glowing acid on the ground. So Raven's a little drunk and she helps her friend to the bathtub and gets her into the bathtub, is helping her friend clean up who right now cannot take care of herself. Were they throwing a party with like other people? Yeah, sure. Or just them? Initially, I was thinking they just got some booze for like, it's Friday night, let's yeah, all hang out. Yeah. But maybe they invited a couple of people like, over, like Aqualad Teen and, Titans and Kid Flashes over. And, mm-hmm. um, Tara? Yeah, Tara is like over. A She's the Earth, Earth elemental. <laughs> yeah. We'll throw in those three Aqualad, Kid Flash, and Tara. There's some music playing, everyone's hanging out, they're playing some drinking games. Right now, Raven and Starfire are in the bathroom together. Uh, and Starfire is um, letting her heart open a little bit to Raven. Raven, you are the best friend to me, Starfire. Yeah, I mean, thanks, thanks, Starfire. Um, could you turn over so I can wash the orange off your clothes? This is the skin vomit. Yeah, it's it smells so bad. I I am the sorry. <laughs> I know, Starfire. I know you're the sorry. Beast Boy and Kid Flash are playing beer pong. Kid Flash is Flash's nephew. Nephew, sidekick or just nephew? Uh, both. Okay. And there's a Speedy as well. Yeah, that's the arrow guy. You want, <laughs> you want Speedy? He's not Flash's sidekick. No, he's he's uh, Green Arrow's sidekick. <laughs> I know. I know this every time. It makes me laugh. And Batty is Superman's sidekick. And Superboy is Aquaman's nephew. <laughs> 
Kid Flash and Beast Boy are on a team. Cyborg and Terra are on a team. Beast Boy and Kid Flash are winning. Starfire runs out of the bathroom and she's like, she hears something. Oh boy, Terra's here. Yay, all of my friends. And she still has some puke. Some skin vomit on her leg, yeah, but she's she, still dripping. She, she's dripping, but just a little bit. She flies up in the air and flies out of the bathroom to go hang out with with uh, Tara. Yeah. And Raven sighs mm-hmm. and closes the door. No, pulls out a wait, pack of cigarettes. Come back. Ah, uh, you're gone. Okay. She's lit up a cigarette in the bathroom and she's hiding from everyone. She's gonna phase up in onto the roof. Okay. The roof is where angsty teens go to smoke. So she phases up into the roof, now sitting on the roof, alone. Someone has turned it to anime music. And Starfire Cyborg has turned it to anime, to anime music. music. And Starfire and Tara are doing whatever the newest dance craze is. They're doing the, you know, the melancholy of Haruhi Suzumiya? Uh-huh. It had a dance at the end of the credits that everyone learned. So I don't know what the latest dance craze is, but they're doing it. You know what's the what's the rabbit flopping ears on your head? You're so old. I'm so old. Oh my god, I have to tell you a story. So, uh, you remember I was telling you how I was hanging out with some some friends, flossing, dabbing. Yes, yes, yes. But like, but like a fully choreographed, like minutes long dance. Okay. Is there one right now? Sort of. TikTok has a bunch of dance memes. Okay. So they're doing one of these dance memes from TikToks. I just like the idea of in the background. Uh, Starfire and someone else are doing something like perfectly. Oh yeah, you know, Tara and Starfire are they drunk as a skunk. But- drunk as a skunk. They've learned this really complicated dance from TikTok. Okay, and, <laughs> and they're like, Cyborg, Cyborg, film this TikTok, film this TikTok. And yeah, yeah. Cyborg's doing it with Vine his me, eye. Vine me, Vine is dead. Vine me. And so, yeah. I will do the Vine. I will take the talk. And Raven takes another uh, puff from her cigarette and blows it off into the air. And she looks over the the suburbs of the the city that they are in. Mm -hmm. We'll say Gotham. Does Beast Boy come up? Beast Boy, he he likes attention. And he's at a party. Party animal. He he saw Raven leaving. He saw her phase. Uh, The door was open in the bathroom. And so he knows that she's like having a bad time, but he wants to be in the spotlight. So he's he's ignoring it right now. He's being kind of a bad friend. So Aqualad climbs through a window. Is like, I thought I'd find you up here. Oh, it's you. Why aren't you hanging out with everyone? They're eating so many pies. Yeah, so I heard. So intellectually stimulating and she just sort of gestures and they're all out in the backyard cyborg was filming the vine and forgot about the barbecue and a bunch of burgers have lit on fire (laughs) and so we see cyborg running over to the barbecue and his hand flops down and it turns into a fire extinguisher hose (laughs) beast boy becomes a dalmatian and like (laughs) yeah he's just running circles barking i'm helping i'm helping (laughs) And like, and he's drunk. So he's a drunk dog stumbling around, screaming, I'm helping, I'm helping. Oh my God, I want to be part of this party so bad. Your friends are, uh, well, they're funny. Yeah, they're interesting, I guess. It's pretty peaceful up here though. I like it enough. It's hard to see the stars at night in the city, but Raven... She uses her powers to darken the sky so that you can actually see the the stars a little bit. That's that's awesome. That's really beautiful. I wish. I mean, I guess I've met a bunch of fun fish, but uh, I wish my powers could do, you know, playful things, fun things like that. Weren't you and Bumblebee a thing like last week? You know, we don't, like, put a label on it. It's just like, you know, sometimes. It's just like, it's like whatever. You know, we're, we're whatever. We're whatever. She's cool. She knows I'm, you know. She's here, you know. We, we see Bumblebee attempting to eat one of Cyborg's burned burgers. Yeah. She's so hungry, so she has to eat one of these things, but it's just. And Raven waves to her, and she looks up and waves, mm-hmm. and Aqualad ducks behind a chimney. Yeah. Oh, really? You guys are like, just whatever. Look, okay, she's just, she's great. She's great. I just, 
Like, I don't know. You're cool. I like, I want to get to know you. You're interesting. Ah, you really know how to make a girl feel special. It's hard to be a player when your pool is so shallow if you're only able to, like, see superheroes. What, he's going to hit on, like, Wonder Woman? (laughs) Like, a literal god. Like, you know god. (laughs) And you're like, I got to talk to girls. Athena, yeah. Yeah. The goddess of the sun. Me and her, we got, like, a thing going. It's just, I'm so, like... I don't know. I'm superhero is being a superhero is stressful. And like you're always so chill. And I just I I want some of that. Like I don't I uh, yeah, you're cool. You're just cool. And then she holds out a cigarette to him. She's a little flattered. She she thinks mm-hmm, he's dorky. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But she like she's She's like, playing it cool, but she actually does feel like very yeah. special. She yeah. She's like, there's a graveyard nearby. And he's like, uh, oh? Yeah, unless you're scared. No, I'm not scared or anything. She phases down onto the street below. Doesn't invite him. He has to make his own way. Right, and then she just starts walking and he has to catch up. And he he looks behind him at the party. Mm -hmm. Him and Bumblebee make catch eyes. He climbs down the building Uh and follows Behind Bumblebee... A cyborg and Beast Boy are both breakdancing, and Beast Boy's hair is on fire. <laughs> <laughs> He's turned into a monkey, and his hair is on fire, but they're breakdancing. Robin has passed out, <laughs> and and Starfire and Terra are drawing on his on his face. Uh-huh. Bumblebee sees Aqualad leaving, and Speedy yeah. uh, nudges Bumblebee. It's your turn. It's your turn. Like for the duet, like for, for the, the karaoke, karaoke game. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's her turn to sing. So, and she just starts making out with him furiously. Because they're both very drunk. And he's like, whoa, okay, uh, all right, yeah, let's go, let's go with it. Do you think that Bumblebee is, like, trying to make Aqualad jealous? Or she's, yes. Okay. No, she's trying to make herself feel better, too. I don't to, even yeah. need him. Exactly, okay. They make their way over to the graveyard, and they they sit on, Raven lean, leans up against the gravestone. She, she uh, grabbed a bottle of wine before they left, right. and she takes a swig of the wine and passes it to Aqualad. He's like, where did you even have that cape? Because <laughs> it just like appeared from nowhere. Yeah. It's in my cape. Your, your powers are really cool. Just, just so you know. Yeah, whatever. Raven hands Aqualad this bottle. And Aqualad takes a swig. And Aqualad coughs a little bit. Does he have to drink it through his gills? Yeah. Does he pour it on his neck? Yeah, he pours it on his neck. <laughs> gross. <laughs> That's pretty cool, though. I mean, it's mostly gross. Like, I don't like to talk about it so much. <laughs> Atlanteans, like, the you should see what we all drink down in the, the water. It's the, to turn your brain Is off down there. Is it ocean water, mostly? Well, it's mostly pollution, actually. We, get, we go. You oh, yeah, sh- sorry about that. Yeah, I mean, hey, like, I'm working on it. I would stop littering, but, like, it's so cool. And she throws her cigarette. Stomps it out on the grass and then lifts her shoe and leans it on Aqualad, who's who's standing in front of her as she's leaning on this gravestone, and, like, places it on his chest. Her shoe? Her leg. She's oh, like, her leg is oh up. My God, she's like being she's a so little forward. Forward, yeah. a little slutty, maybe. She's feeling a little, a little silly. Yeah, she's she wants the wine's, to. Wine's you know, hitting her. The wine's hitting her, and she wants to like hit on a hot boy tonight. So Aqualad pushes against the leg a little bit and walks up, mm-hmm. and then they kiss. Ooh, they smooch a little bit, and the moon is high in the sky. They break and then they Mm -hmm. smooch again and let's go back to the party speedy is sitting on bumblebee's lap speedy the arrow boy sitting on bumblebee's lap so what's the deal with you and aqualad like what's your whole like are you two like dating or whatever we weren't even i dumped him actually 
couple of days ago. Cool. I mean, yeah, that's cool. He thinks he's so cool, but like he's not even that cool. Tries to be like loner fish man. Yeah, his, his hair is so dumb. Yeah. Like get a haircut. Jerk. Narc. Narc. He's a narc. Aren't we all narcs though? Yeah. We're like kid, we're like cop juniors, aren't we? Hey, hey, hey Robin. And Robin like kind of like wakes up. And he's like, uh, he's like, are we uh more moral or lawful? Which which are we? <sighs> we're lawful good. Lawful good. And then he passes out. We're we're narcs. We're, but he's the biggest narc. Fuck that narc. Fuck that narc. Fuck that narc. Speedy leans up to kiss her and they they have this this moment of embrace and then they pull apart and Bumblebee says fuck that narc and kisses him again. Robin is in that I've I'm completely blacked out. Mm-hmm. But my body is on autopilot. <laughs> yeah. And Starfire is like we are playing the cards now and he's like like he's not even opening his eyes. He's like Wah. Play this car, and she's like, "Hooray! We are best of friends." Half an hour co- goes by, mm-hmm. and Aqualad and Raven return to the party, and they sneak back in. And Beast Boy sees Raven, and like they catch eyes, and he turns away and goes back to whatever he's doing. Mm-hmm. One of them triggers Robin. Yes. Oh my God! His eyes flash open, and all of a sudden he's livid. And he jumps up mm-hmm. and he grabs his staff, his extender staff. <laughs> his cool extender oh, staff. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Does a backflip into the center of the room. Amazing for how drunk he is, yeah. but it's still very clear cool he's drunk. <laughs> it's like the most talented drunk person you've ever seen. Where's Slade? And he, he starts grabs- smashing things with his staff. Where is he? He grabs Aqualad by the shirt collar <laughs> and pulls him in. Aqualad's like, whoa, Robin, stop. Where is he? Where is he? He pulls back to hit Aqualad with the staff. And Raven goes, when Guardian Lavios? When Guardian Lavios. What is it? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Metrion Zinthos. Azeroth Metrion Zinthos. And Robin is grabbed by the black, the black energy goo held up in the air. And he struggles and struggles until he finally calms down and passes out again. Mm-hmm. And she places him in bed, in, in his bed. And Starfire is beside herself. Is he the okay? He'll live. I will hold his hair back. Because that is what friends do when they are drunk. She doesn't know why yeah. you do that. She's and just so she she's just kind of like holding his hair on the back of his head. Yeah. <laughs> Even though he's not barfing. He's he's in bed passed out and she's holding his hair back and she does it for the rest of the night. Yeah. She, <laughs> she eventually passes out and is just in that position sitting up. Oh uh, my god, they're holding. so cute. I love them. I love Starfire. I never liked Starfire, but yeah. now I do. The the guests I'll get up and leave and go back to their house. People are like, where's Beast Boy and Cyborg? They're making out in the basement. Well, in their room. They share a room. Oh, that's right. And then later they're like, Cyborg's like, I'm going to sleep on the couch tonight for no reason. For just regular reasons. I just, I want to sleep on the couch. They're leaving and Aqualad says to Raven, "Uh, like, I guess I'll see you around. Yeah, I'll see you around. Okay, bye. That's like the friendliest thing she has ever said. She actually like said goodbye to a person instead of just leaving in silence. Raven takes a a minute before going to bed. She she cleans. She does some dishes and makes her house a little bit hers. She makes sure that everyone's still alive. (laughs) Rolls people on their sides. (laughs) She she be she bees the mom for a little bit. She goes and sits on the couch. Takes a bong, takes a hoot. I think hoot is a Canadian thing. Hoot. She, she she lights the bong, takes a hoot off smokes her bong. it, takes a hoot off the bong, mm-hmm. and she goes to bed. Yeah, they're so cute. I love them. Yeah, I didn't like their TV show, but I love them. Yeah, like I want them to be teens. Exactly. I just want some teen teens stuff. in the Teen Titans, please. Just teens hanging out, being yeah. teens, be, figuring you know? out their. Garbage and getting drunk, getting being drunk, angsty, getting mad because because you're not my dad. Want to do some sandwich criticism? Sure. What's one thing we liked about the story? I loved 
drunken shenanigans. That's really fun. I liked teens flirting and like yeah. dealing with their uh, sexuality in a in a safe, yeah. cutie like. Teens are fun to write because you can you can have them do problematic stuff, and it's kind of like you know that they're they they'll, don't they'll know grow better. up. Yeah, they're they're dealing with it. Mm-hmm. What's one thing we didn't like? Um, I always like action to be involved. Okay. But I guess that's okay too. Just have some drama. Well, we, I, I mean, it was my decision. I'm so You should have uh, uh, asserted if you wanted to. No, but I, I, should, I guess I shouldn't say that in Sam's criticism. Yeah, because what's one thing we didn't like about this story? This story. story uh, I would say the relationship of Speedy and Bumblebee could have used a little more fleshing out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Raven and... Aqualad weren't quite vulnerable enough with each other. It yeah. could have felt a little more real. It felt a bit convenient. Yeah. Just there. I kind of liked how boring it was. Yeah. I liked that it wasn't like, this just, wasn't going to change oh, a, either a of their lives. A boy's interested in me. A and boy's I'm interested gonna, in me and yeah. I'll, I'll make a move. Okay. I'll be self-indulgent for a yes, while. exactly. I am a person who doesn't indulge much. Tonight I am going to indulge. Like, I liked that as a story. Uh, but yeah, it would have been nice if there was a moment of like real vulnerability between these two. If you'd like to suggest characters for us, send them on over. Send them on over to ffwrshow at gmail.com or on Twitter at ffwrshow. Review us on iTunes. It would help us out a lot. And a special thanks to the band known as the band known as Seawater Bliss for the use of their song theme from Teen Wolf 2 as our intro and outro. Check out their album at seawaterbliss.com. And remember, when in doubt, just AU that garbage.